from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is the Thai Cats This Week with RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker. The playoffs are here for the Tiger Cats. Great to have you with us on Thai Cats This Week. I'm RJ Broadhead along with Luke Tasker. And Luke, we really haven't talked about it much this season. This is a must win, though. <laughs> Last two years, we, we had a lot of discussions over must wins. I think we agree this is a must win on Saturday against Montreal. You can't deny it. Absolutely. You're right. In years past, RJ started calling must wins in week like four. <laughs> yeah, pretty early. <laughs> After an 0-3 uh, start or whatever. But uh, And we went back and forth on what's a must win. But now now you're there. Now it's uh, undeniable. And uh, you're, you're back into the same... Uh, uh, semifinal matchup that uh, the Ticats have now gotten used to. Yeah, three straight years where they play Montreal in the East semifinal, back-to-back years where it will take place in Montreal, and Tiger Cats would like to have another date with the Argos, but it won't be easy because Montreal has really dominated the three games. Ticats have had a lead in all three games, but Montreal has wound up winning all three games, and if you go back to the East semifinal last year, Montreal's won six in a row against the Tiger Cats. So that's a pretty long streak. To win seven in a row against a team is is pretty impressive. Don't you think that luck has to end at some point, and maybe it's Saturday? Uh, it's possible. I remember June Jones in 2018. Uh, I remember saying, well, no team's ever going to beat another team four times. So, like, you know, meaning we were destined to beat Ottawa that year, who was three and who, you know, we were 0-3 against. And sure enough, Ottawa uh, went four and zero against us that year. So <laughs> sometimes streaks do continue. Um, but uh, the Ticats, you're like it's not, especially in this past game. Uh, the Ticat defense was particularly, uh, I'll say, dominant at times. Uh, and you know, if you can kind of get a get the offense and special teams to have a little bit more production, um, you know, you really don't have to. You're not going to play a perfect game, but if you can get maybe a winning performance in two of the three uh, teams. Uh, the Ticats have, have a chance to do it. If you're watching on uh, on YouTube or watching the video of Ticats this week, my dog Houston just made a quick appearance. He's <laughs> hey, He Houston. never misses an episode, Luke. It, it's Good his boy. favorite time of the week. He, he's, a, <laughs> he's a loyal Ticats this week listener on the Ticats yes. Audio Network. You mentioned last week's game. How, how much weight do you put into, into last week's game? Well, I, I, I don't know. Sitting here right now, for some reason, RJ, I'm happy that the Ticats... Uh, went there last week. I, I guess I, for some reason, I feel a little bit more confidence having just played Montreal. It's almost like as a player, you kind of think it's very clear, like the concept of if just this and this will go differently for us, if we can have uh, th- not uh, uh, one less turnover here and one more takeaway here, that same exact game would turn into a win for the Ticats. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's very tangible. It's very fresh in your mind what you have to do uh, to overcome the mistakes and the and the bad play that led to the loss in the, in the last regular season game uh and you just go right back out to the same stadium same locker room i i feel good about it I, and I, even though the game was a loss in montreal and not certainly offensively not a good uh tie cap performance but um i i still think just having having come fresh out of montreal as a player i think i'd be feeling ready to to go back there and kind of very clear-sighted on what we have to do yeah it, it didn't feel like it was a, a dominant effort from Montreal. In fact, Ticats have lost two in a row going into this East semifinal by a, a total of five points. So two very close games to end the season that 
that came right down to the wire. Montreal comes into the playoffs as the hottest team in the CFL. Five straight wins. If you remember back to last year, Hamilton was the hottest team going into the playoffs, and it didn't get them anywhere. So maybe that that hot streak does come to an end. There's there's a, a big topic we have to talk about, Luke, and we discussed it a little bit after the final regular season game, who the Tiger Cats starting quarterback would be in the East semifinal. They started three different quarterbacks against Montreal this season. It's going to be Matt Schiltz. Were you surprised when you saw that Matt Schultz will be the starting quarterback for the Tiger Cats in the playoffs? Well, I was sort of ready to be surprised, which is sort of uh, a contradiction in itself, I guess. But the, <laughs> I, I guess, in a sense, yes. I mean, what everyone expected for this year to look like with Bo Levi Mitchell, that was all changed with injuries. Uh, and since Bo has come back healthy, it just there's been a lack of consistency. Um and and I think Matt Schiltz, there's a couple things that he offers. First of all, it's it's movement in the pocket. And if you watch the first half of this last game against Montreal a week ago, Bo was under an, a, a great deal of pressure in that first half. Interestingly, I thought he actually escaped it pretty well. He moved in the pocket and got out of there. But and he handled it fine. But Schultz is a Schultz is truly a guy who can escape and get a first down for you, uh, and that that changes that that that'll change the feeling of a game. So I think that's one thing that Matt Schultz absolutely has um, uh, an advantage an advantage there. And when it comes right down to it, it's it's do or die. And it, there's a there's a confidence thing in both the the health and the ability of both of those guys to get it done. And that doesn't really surprise me that uh, it, it ended up settling on on uh, Matt. Yeah, I'm with you, Luke. I, I was kind of expecting that it would be um, Matt Schultz, or at least Matt Schultz would see some action. It sounds like both quarterbacks might see some action, and that's kind of worked for the Tiger Cats down the stretch here, too, where, where they've mixed in both quarterbacks in a game. It, it seems to have been effective. It's like even back to 2019, it's four seasons where there's been some sort of, of – balance in the quarterback position sometimes it's been oftentimes it's been necessity from injury and there has been some times where it's not been that where it's been uh whatever strategic or part of the game plan and um i was a part of teams where it did work uh you know where where you where two guys were successful um we'll see and i think it's going to depend on how matt schiltz goes in there and how the how the first half looks as well i think to me rj it, this is boiled it you can boil this down pretty simply and 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 the the part that 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 gives me pause is that I it was a it was a tough offensive first half uh, a week ago in Montreal it really was um, one first very, down exactly one first down very poor efficiency but I just I just don't put it all on Bo I thought he actually moved in the pocket not running for first downs but but buying himself time when it disappeared very quickly. And then there was drops that just killed me to watch multiple drops down the field for that would have been first downs maybe more. Uh, and, and then that pressure. So it's hard. It's, it was like almost like not a fair test, right? Like you couldn't really see what the full, actually how Bo was performing. He did, he did as good as maybe you could with what he was given kind of thing. But that aside, cause that, that does give me a little bit of pause. That aside, this is what it boils down to. Bo Levi Mitchell has 10 interceptions thrown this year and Matt Schultz has five interceptions. Matt Schultz has seven touchdowns thrown. I think Bo has, has four touchdowns thrown on the season. So, you, you just you you got to stop turning the ball over against Montreal. 
So it's like whatever you're got to do, if <laughs> it just you just can't turn the ball over. Like it, it, it's you can't overstate how costly it is to throw an interception. And and it just takes away all the potent all the like you know potential energy of of your team. It doesn't matter how many uh, uh, good plays you have, how many players are ready to make a play. If if the ball's not yours anymore, it doesn't matter. And so, I think there's been an issue with Bo this year with turnovers, and uh, that almost alone. I did I did like I said, Matt Schultz has an ability to to get a first down on his legs, and that's huge. But the turnovers almost by themselves are enough to say, Matt Schiltz, you're doing a better job of protecting the football, and we're going to give you a shot. And they've been a big story against Montreal. I, I want to talk more about turnovers in a moment. I just want to throw out maybe one of the factors that played in the decision and, and get your opinion on it on starting Matt Schiltz. He played with Montreal. He's been with the Tiger Cats the past couple of seasons, but he is very familiar with Molson Percival Stadium. Do you, do you think that was part of the, the factor in starting him? Because Bo played with Calgary. He did play in Montreal, but not a lot. Yeah. Uh, I would say that it is maybe icing on the cake. Like, I don't think that's one of the ingredients that goes into the decision making pro- uh, uh, process. But, you know, now that the decision's made, it's also kind of like, well, and this is also, there's a little bit more good news that, you know, Schultz knows this. But he, he, he may just have a good, comfortable feeling. Um, in this in this building and so uh you know i I think that it certainly helps so turnovers you you talked about it luke and it has been huge when you see it on paper between these two teams i've got them hamilton 14 turnovers compared to montreal's four i know in the the cf statistics they had 13 to four but uh i I trust our listen rj broad (laughs) has note-taking process during a game and his ipad you wouldn't believe the stats that he can pull up right off the top of his head not to mention uh jeff giradat's been with us for most of the season the the statistician wizard so uh, i i trust i trust rj's uh uh, turnover number there (laughs) well thank you luke and jeff already sent sent me the officials for the game so we'll we'll have that jeff's busy uh producing uh NHL hockey, so uh, we we lose them for the playoffs. But Luke and I are uh, are trying to be self sufficient. We'll have lots of good stuff for you. Fourteen to four. Let's go with that for the yeah. the turnovers in three games. That's yeah, negative ten games. ratio in three games for the Tie Cats. Yeah, that's that's a recipe for not winning. And you exactly. said it. It 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 has to change. Is that more the Tiger Cats? taking the ball away they've only managed to do it four times or is is that just basically do not turn it over no matter what yeah that's funny that you, like i'm always thinking about turnovers in a bad way like in in that because the offense gives the ball away but a defensive mindset is that you for is to take the ball away and it is it's it's both sides revenue and expenses like you got to make both things work for <laughs> you like the 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 uh, the problem to me uh Start. It starts with the offense and the protecting the football. It's like the it's the core of a football team. You talk about it on the first day of training camp. You you, you the 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 you you protect the ball. You know at all costs. I mean, it's your job. You're carrying the team on your back when you have the football. That kind of language gets used with that. And defensively, and and defensively and special teams. Jeff Reinbold is is an excellent uh uh uh, uh teacher of the importance of ball security and also how to get the ball away. Uh, the language of bring the hatchet in at the tackle when, uh, you know, the hand is up way above your own helmet and you see those guys coming in. Oftentimes it's a second man in on a tackle and, and a full punch, like a haymaker to the football or like we say, a hatchet. That that stuff is language of special teams and defense. And um, 
and can equally and is obviously equally as important. Uh, but you've got a really good defense in Montreal uh, and an offense that struggled. And like you said, so negative ten ratio in over three games with Montreal. The Ticats are negative four on the season. So yeah. you, you do the math. <laughs> They're plus. They have a plus six ratio on the season against non Montreal teams. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, really telling. Yeah, so that's been a big key for Montreal, and the Tiger Cats can be in control of of taking that away. Just to uh, break down, six interceptions thrown by the Tiger Cats against Montreal. Matt Schultz threw two in the first meeting. Taylor Powell threw the other four. Three fumbles against Montreal. Two of them came in the last game, and five times the Tiger Cats have turned it over on downs against Montreal. Tiger Cats... Two interceptions against the Alouettes this season, both by Richard Leonard. Kind of interesting he didn't play in the final game of the regular season, whether mm-hmm. that's to you know, keep him out of, out of their minds a little bit. But uh, he, he definitely has had some success against the Alouettes, so that'll be fun to watch. And I want to follow up on what you said about Montreal's defense. It, it has been really, really good. I base it on touchdowns. Let's, let's start there. So... Touchdowns, the Tiger Cats have only managed to score three touchdowns in three games against Montreal this season. None of them passing. A rush of four yards by James Butler, a rush of five yards by Sean Thomas Erlington, and then Tyreek McAllister's 122-yard field goal miss return for Mm -hmm. a touchdown. Tiger Cats don't have a passing touchdown, and only three touchdowns in three games against Montreal. That's... uh, something that they have to fix too come Saturday. It is. And you mentioned the one first down uh, in the, in the first half of the whole game. Um, the flip side of that also is that Montreal had one second down conversion in the entire game. As we were talking in the coach O show, yeah. Luke Tasker, and like that is, that's a groundbreaking stat. It's 7% conversion ratio across all yardages. I mean, the hat, the Taika defense played a game that that deserves a win, um, and that brings me back to the idea that these problems we're talking about with score zone efficiency offensively with the offense uh, and turnovers, you know, you, you it's still it's still an imperfect game can still get it done if the defense plays the way that they've been uh, playing, and so um, a little bit of production, even a little bit of, a better job of managing of controlling the clock and the field in the field. Um, uh, in in it can go a long way with a defense uh, like the like what the Tie Cats have right now. Leads me to another point is the special teams and some interesting things that we've got going on there. You saw an un, a, a wonderfully executed fake, not a fake punt, I guess. What is what's the name for the for the dribble punt? punt? They're kind of calling yeah. it a dribble punt. Yeah, the opposite of a fake punt, a fake second down, and then a, and then a, an onside punt. The uh uh. Uh, that was wonderfully executed by Montreal, and you've got to be ready for for that exact play for sure, and also other other sort of tricks like that, uh, onside field goals, onside punts, thing, things of that uh, nature. Uh, but but in the in the standard punting match as well, Montreal doesn't an, does an excellent job of flipping the field and of pinning returners uh, in, in the punt game. Uh, you saw a, a whole a whole a whole midsection of that last game really controlled by the punters and by the, by the field position battle there. And so you've got to be able to control uh, uh, both their return game and try to get some, some ground gained in the punt return game. Well, it's, it's interesting. You brought up special teams. I, I just for any of our, our people listening to Ticats this week, they're like, okay, Ticats had three touchdowns in three games. How many did Montreal have? Well, they had nine. 
So an average of three touchdowns a game. And they also scored, of course, on offense, defense, and special teams. Tiger Cats allowed two punt return touchdowns this season. They've been very good at avoiding explosive plays on the punt return. But two punt return touchdowns this season, both by Montreal. So that has to be something that they are working on going into Saturday, too. Yes, it does. And punt punt coverage, the punt, the punting team, the punt coverage team, it's two two parts. That all those guys have to run down there with their hair on fire and stay in their uh, stay within their responsibilities of that of that uh, uh, coverage coverage scheme. For instance, there's somebody on every play who has to keep every single player on the field on their on their right shoulder, and somebody who has to keep every player on the field in their on their left shoulder, and 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 everybody in between has a responsibility as well. They've got to execute that. But it also starts with the kick, and I think that's what Montreal just does. Just it's unbelievable. Every kick is bombed, and it's and it's at the numbers or outside, and that takes away so much space, so much opportunity for a returner if you've pinned him to the sidelines. And so, uh, yeah, you've got to corral that because that's the that's one that's a play like a turnover, a, a punt, a, a, a special teams touchdown breaks the game open. Uh, very similar uh, to the to the way an interception or a turnover does. Yeah, Tiger Cats, I mentioned it earlier, they've led in all three games. They've led two times in the three games going into the fourth quarter and haven't been able to hold on to those leads. They'll have to do it. But Cody Fajardo, we talked about the Tiger Cats quarterbacks. Fajardo has just one playoff win in his career. That came back in in 2021. So it's not like he's breaking any records there. To me, when you look at the numbers, and you look at the matchup and the success that Montreal has had this year, it comes down to if Hamilton's going to win, they have to be able to move the ball on offense against this Montreal defense, which really seems like it's Montreal's strength. Uh, it is, yeah. And I, they're, they're tough. I mean, good defenses, it's not, uh, it's not, you know, they have an answer both on the ground and through the air. And Montreal certainly has that. And it starts with their, with their front four. They're, their pressure is disruptive. Um, I think you got to see some quick answers for Matt Schultz. You know, I hope that we can see the ball get out of his hand pretty quickly. Um, and you saw uh, Scott Mladich taking shots uh, down the field. And I and I, I really want to see a great playoff game from this Ticat receiving core. I want to see the big plays made. Love to see Tim White uh, uh, with some production. He's had an unbelievable season, unbelievable second half of the season. Um, as he's geared up for playoffs, he was not in the last the, the lineup for this last game in Montreal. Um, and I think you know if you can balance some quick answers with those shots downfield and the receivers giving a chance to make the make plays, um, uh, you know you're going to get some of them. Tim White, East Division All Star, along with Casey Sales and and Brandon Revenberg. I want to touch on the kicking game too, Luke, because it you you were a holder for a, a lot of years. Um, it, it plays a factor in the playoffs. Mark Leggio comes in; he's hit his last twelve in a row. He's on a a nice little heater right now. David Cote's missed four field goals in three games against the Tiger Cats. So, going in, it's probably Tiger Cats feeling a little better with with their kicking game. But you can throw all that out the window, I guess, in the playoffs. And Cote's a veteran guy. He's He's been around and he's been able to do it in the postseason. Do you, do you think statistics like that going into the game might affect coaching decisions? Yeah, I think sometimes they they will. And the confidence in a kicker and the confidence confidence of a kicker uh, as they go into the game it makes me think. You know, you get to a certain uh, sort of a, a challenging field goal 
yardage and it, it makes me alert for fakes and, and you know uh, trick field goals onside field goals and uh, uh, motioning people out of the formation and I think you got to be alert for that in the playoffs it tends to be a time where I think you maybe find some some boldness in coordinators who who want to you know want don't want to leave anything in the in the chamber they're going to take every single uh, chance they can to to try to change the game um and so I think certainly if it's not a slam dunk in the f- with a field goal, you kind of have that uh, ready as well. And on the flip side of that, uh, Legio, um, you're right. It kind of seems there was a section in the season here where, you know, there's, it was a little shaky. There's a couple misses back to back and, uh, and he's kind of got a nice streak going right now. Um, and, uh, you, you never know that that can be game changing and we'll see what the weather looks like in Montreal and the wind. And that's always an exciting part of it as well, specific to the kicking game. Yeah, absolutely. In the three games, Tiger cats have not scored over 20 points. So there's another uh, check mark for the Montreal defense. If the Tiger cats can find a way on offense to move the football, uh, Tiger cats defense has had success in, in stopping Montreal for the most part. Going into this game, Luke, what are you looking for for some keys for the Tiger Cats to advance to the East Final? Well, we we mentioned it a, f- a few times now. Got to see a good connection between this receiving core on at large and Matt Schiltz, um, and we'll see if Bo uh, ha- has some time in the in the game as well. But um, I think there's a tendency always to to force the issue sometimes, especially in the playoffs, especially when things aren't going well offensively. Uh, and what I mean by that is is forcing throws where they don't belong or with with that without the 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 time and space to to make the to make the completion and so uh matt Schultz, he's a veteran he he knows these things he knows all that but you still got to overcome the uh desire in the moment to force some things you've got to let the game come to you but his legs are gonna help like well i'm excited to see how he manages these drives and moves the ball down the field uh and i'm excited to watch these tie receivers uh, uh make a few plays and just a totally irrelevant stat as my dog Houston stretches right near me again. Uh, three games, Tiger Cats have worn black and gold twice, white and gold once. Do you think they avoid the gold pants in this game? They've <laughs> lost three times against Montreal in the gold pants. Mm, good point. I bet you they do. I bet we see black pants, uh, white tops uh, in Montreal. <laughs> okay, well, Tiger Cats this week, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we're hoping we have... Another episode next week when the East Final takes place, but one step at a time, the East Final against Montreal on Saturday. Luke, can't wait to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's it's playoff time. So many ups and downs through the regular season. Yes. It comes down to this one game. I can't wait, RJ. I'll see you up there. So it's a 3 o'clock kickoff. Keep that in mind. If you can't make it to Montreal, please listen on the Ticats Audio Network. Andy Fantuz and Bubba O'Neill will have the pregame show at 2 o'clock. Luke and I will be on with the play-by-play at 3. It's been another busy week for your Hamilton Tiger Cats. Luke Tasker and RJ Broadhead have covered it all, and now we would like to hear from you. Email us anytime at gamedayatiecats.ca. Subscribe to the Tiger Cats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.